Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might, or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life. From the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching program, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement program and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started, then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after-party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober. An unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. Hamish, was that your stomach? It sounded like a fart. It wasn't a fart. That was a stomach grumble. You gave me coffee on my way in. This is your fault, not mine. I'm leaving that in. That's the sort of thing Alan used to do before the podcast. Some horrible noise emanating from yeah. his body. Well, he's usually about 25 minutes from have had a Big Mac. Yeah, He's always true. about 20 yeah. minutes either side of a Big Mac, so your belly is 
summer sorting at all times. A Big Mac or a Pop-Tart. Yeah. Or some chicken biryani. Do you remember? We went out for lunch on your five-year soberversary. Yeah. And he got a a Big Mac on the way to lunch. Doesn't surprise me. (laughs) You can't can't stop a McDonald's on the way to lunch. Yeah, and I bought him lunch. I shouldn't have bought it for him. I know. Yeah. Tosser. He's not even here to defend himself. Yeah. We can't. We can call him a tosser, can't we? we? Have, he would admit that he's a tosser. Yeah, he would. Funnily <laughs> enough, actually, I did go to a lovely party at Alan's house yes. this weekend. Yeah, how was it? Yeah, it was lovely. It's always nice. Always nice to hang out with a bit of sober, awkward crew, yeah. isn't it? How many of you were there? I was about twenty people. Kids were all going mad at too much sugar. Yeah, we we're just chasing after them and shouting. General party when you have just kids. A nice, nice fun. <laughs> yeah. It was really good fun. Party screaming at children, screaming running. at children on trampolines and near fires. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about our huge week, Hamish. We did have a big week, didn't we? Very big. We had an article published in The Guardian, which was the most flattering article we've ever had. It was a shock to me, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. What was the title, Hamish? Can you remember? Well, let me begin by saying usually when we get published in something it's because usually you have harassed them and yes. sent them exactly what to write and sent them photographs and videos and the clip and the link mm-hmm. and then they just post the thing true well, you did not send anything i didn't know it was even happening didn't even know that was the best thing it was an article done because it's been 20 years since the podcasting industry began and they said to look back on the 20 years we want to focus on 16 shows that changed the podcast culture forever what? And there was Serial and Adam Buxton and WTF with Mark Maron. Yeah, and Blind Boy. Blind Boy, your favourite. All the best podcasts in the world are all my favourites. And then we were there. We scrolled down <laughs> and there we were. Unfortunately, it was a picture of me and Lucy, not you me and Hamish. Po- I was okay with that. You okay, were very apologetic about yeah, that. My sister phoned up and was like, is he okay that it's Lucy? I was like, I didn't have any control <laughs> over it. I was fine it. with that. You were mentioned in it though, Hamish, which was. was good. But we were there amongst the gold class, weren't we? Oh my God, it was unbelievable. Somebody from Cuppa had written in and recommended us, Claire. So thank you, Claire, for doing that. That was the best bit, was Claire, who we've never met, going out of her way to recommend us to The Guardian. She said she did it on the bus on the way to work and she got a phone call from The Guardian and said, are you okay if we print this? And she was (sighs) like, yep, it's my favourite podcast. It's made me sober. We have done this podcast. You've done this podcast for over two years, hundreds of hours. And Claire doing one text message on a bus has had a bigger impact than our years and years of hard drives. Yeah, that is so true. (laughs) God, yeah. So... Do text messages on the bus to papers yes. for us, please, because it is really there, helpful. If you are listening to yeah. this on the bus, yeah. just get your phone out yeah. and write to every single newspaper <laughs> in the world yeah. saying, hey, Sober Awkward's doing a good thing. Yeah. And then we will grow this yeah. much bigger. We're, we're just two people. We need the army of listeners we to do. grow it for us. We need the sober army. That's it, the yeah. sober <laughs> army. <laughs> yeah, God, wouldn't that be nice? But yeah, thank you for that. It was really exciting and it was a pleasure. It was an honour to be on that it list was. with them. Uh, with it? our favourite podcasters, we are overjoyed. So that was a good week for us. You sort of want to not get too up with the good news and get too down with the bad news. Yeah. But we were both very up with that news. And it's sort of what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about alcohol and the media and how usually it's bad, but actually that was a good experience yes. with the media that we had this week. So there isn't, it isn't all bad, is it, Hamish? I would say this episode is one that we have been umming and ahhing about writing mm. for over a year. 
Yeah. Everyone's like, you need to talk about the facts in the media everywhere and films and TV and ads. and It's everywhere and everywhere and everywhere. And if you've got a problem, it's unavoidable. I personally have sort of skipped around writing this episode. You wrote this one. So I was like, I don't know how to phrase it other than, yes, it's in the media. Yes. Very short episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's everywhere. So I'm glad that you've taken it on. <laughs> okay, well, you can judge it at the end and we yeah. have to tell me whether it was shit or not. <laughs> but the reason I was thinking about this this week because I did a post on Cuppa and I always try and talk positively, of course, about giving up drinking. And I was like, yeah, positive post. I'm so excited. I don't really think about booze anymore when I go out. Blah, blah, blah. You know, usual... <laughs> usual, usual inspiring post, blah, blah, usual blah. Usual guruish inspiring <laughs> bloody post that I try and sit and do every day even though I'm in a mood. <laughs> and then I went out for dinner. And of course, as Hamish said, booze was everywhere, lining the walls in shiny buckets, coming out of ice cold taps. It was very alluring. Oh. So I was forced to think about booze in that moment, even though I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. And for a brief moment, I felt a little bit deprived. And then I got home a bit relieved, like, oh God, I don't even need to think about alcohol again. It's being forced down my throat when I'm out. And then I switched on the TV. And there it was in like yeah. five programs that I watched that night. And I was just like, oh, God, I'm so fed up with this. I can't get away from it. So today we want to look at a certain type of trigger. The ones that leap out at you when you're least expecting them. The ones when you're tucked away in a cosy blanket with a warm cup of tea in your favourite corner of the couch and then bam booze yep it seems whenever you turn on the tv there's someone swilling a pint necking shots enjoying a bottle of red or swishing ice in a tumbler of whiskey be it pat butcher lent on the bar at the old vic homer simpson downing a duff beer adina from abfab holding a flute of don perignon it's so annoying if it's not the show itself it's in the adverts in between people looking happy and relaxed while sucking on a stripy straw Smiling revellers dancing on the beach or sipping at a cocktail bar. It drives me mental. Booze is everywhere. There doesn't seem to be any restrictions about the obvious normalisation of booze on TV and in other forms of media, even though it can be super triggering for people that are on the sober path. So today we're going to find out why they do it, the effect it has on society, and if there are any ways we can stop being so triggered by images of alcohol on our devices. Today's TV programming is full of references to alcohol and depictions of drinking. In fact, a study performed by the University of Auckland found that all food and beverage portrayals in primetime TV programmes, alcohol was the most frequently depicted on them, comprising 30% of all food and beverage portrayals. Interesting. But the problem is that the media only shows one side of the story. They make alcohol seem harmless. It's so prevalent that it makes us think that we have to do it to fit in that it's okay, that it's normal, when in fact the message is, of course, completely toxic. Off the top of your head, Vic, how would you sum up how booze is represented in mainstream media? Well, if I didn't know any better, I think booze was wonderful from watching TV. Yeah. They only show one side of the coin. That was the word we couldn't remember in the last episode. What? Remember we were going one side of the tile, one side of the thing, really? we couldn't remember. It was one side of the coin. Yeah, people would be shouting at their, oh, at their phones. Well, it was shouting one, yeah. at us. <laughs> yeah. um, it's always happy people enjoying one drink, people being sociable and dancing and flirting and relaxing. It's depicted as a lift, a harmless high, a way of getting, letting your hair down and rarely shows after two glasses, I would say, wouldn't you? 
Unless the show is specifically about an alcoholic, yes. you only see the good bits. Yeah, it doesn't show the stumbling, the slurring, the falling down the stairs and the wing behind a lamppost in broad daylight, which I did once, Hamish. Really? Yes. Was it the Notting Hill Carnival? No, it was just a normal, it was a Monday morning. I'd been to oh. a Sunday club and me and my mate were walking back from the nightclub. I didn't really think about it being commuter time. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> In London, yeah. on a main street, and I weed behind a lamppost. My mate said, oh, it's daylight. And we were like, oh, yeah. And there was all people hurrying to work with their briefcases, wow. and there I was. Yeah, I think I've done that. Not, Notting Hill Carnival, all rules are off with regards to public peeing. Yeah. Because there's no lose, so people just go for it. Just find two cars parked near each other and pull your trousers down. It's out of control, isn't it? People do that at festivals as well, just wee on each other, yeah, don't they, when they're at the okay. front in the mosh pit. Did I ever tell you about the friend of mine who, I'm not sure how much time he spent in male lose, but uh, urinal is obviously like a bucket on the wall that you yeah. pee into. I had a friend of mine who used to pull his pants and trousers down, face the other way, and then pee in between his legs into your urinals. Why? Even if he was by himself in there, just because it was quite funny. That is so weird. <laughs> what weird friends It's quite good, isn't it? God. I, I suppose it's no worse than me peeing with the doors open. Well, don't you judge him. <laughs> it's no worse than that. Uh, the most common representation I see is the end of the day drinkers on TV. A farmer back from a long day at work, a mother exhausted after running around after her kids, or the office worker going to the pub after yeah. a boring shift. They're kind of the general ones that I notice, Hame. <laughs> they're very cliche, but they're ones that we relate to, of course, all making us think that we need a drink to wind down. So that's kind of the audience they're going for, I reckon. <laughs> Somebody who's had a tough day and then you deserve a drink. Yeah. I'm not... I'm like throwing socks at the TV when that happens. If I was an alien coming from outer space and I watched TV for the first time, I would think that you need alcohol to be a human and it's represented as a cure to everything. Yeah. That is scary, isn't it? Yeah. We do talk about that alien a lot, don't we? Yeah, who is he? Yeah, we talk a lot about the aliens coming down and going, why is everyone drinking this drink that makes them sick? Yeah. And they've done it for hundreds of years and everyone loves it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's bizarre. Yeah, strange humans. Do you think, Hamish, the reality of alcohol is ever shown on the mainstream? I don't think so. I, I think, like I said, only if the show is specifically about that. And even that is often the most extreme drinker. Yeah. So they'll show someone who's waking up and drinking alcohol and their life goes to shit and they end up mm. in prison and everyone hates them. Yeah. They won't show the rest of the spectrum, which is almost everyone, <laughs> everyone who in the whole just world. drinks and has as many bad experiences as they do good or probably slightly more bad experiences as they do good. Yeah. That is just not something that you can sell on TV as well. I can remember, funnily enough, the first poster that I ever remember owning was one of those old-fashioned ones that looked like sort of old-school 60s cheesy man face with his thumbs up, and it said, you know, beer, helping people get laid since 18 oh, yeah. I had that poster <laughs> long before I drank alcohol. Interesting. Like, yeah, I, I think that was like a cool poster to have when you before you start drinking, you'd be like, yeah, I've got a poster about beer because I'm yeah. cool. If you type into Google quotes about alcohol, jokes like helping people get laid, and, you know, that comes up. All the time. Or helping ugly people get laid and stuff yeah. on all these things like that. Um, I think alcohol on TV is holidays, parties, relaxing and good times with friends. Totally. Or camping, isn't it? Oh, it's yeah. always sunny. There's always music. They're always attractive and laughing and having a great time. And it's also sometimes depicted as being like sophisticated. Like you said that after work drinks, it's like sexy. It's cool. It's a whiskey tumbler it's a dimly lit bar it's chatting up someone sitting opposite you it's kind of what everyone else is doing so i think now when i watch that 
I almost felt like they're going, we're all doing it. Why aren't you, why aren't you doing it? Yeah, it's, it's clever. It's subliminal almost, isn't do it? Do you think maybe the non-alcoholic drinks brands need to make sexy ads? Yeah, they do. It needs to be more... Non-alcohol needs to be more sexy. That's it. Yeah, maybe we could represent that we, new we culture. Can't, we can't be the actors in that I could ad. put a little outfit on. <laughs> you get your little nurse outfit on. Ooh. <laughs> to switch how to get the whole of australia to switch off i'll dress up as a pope (laughs) naughty pope (laughs) oh no dear so yeah i always feel a bit disappointed when people kids look up to like these big idols and heroes are drinking on tv i i worry that that might have a bigger impact on them than they realize particularly when they're very very young yeah, and it's not just them drinking on the shows. I mean, these teen idols also own big alcohol companies, actually. Mm. So it's all over their Instagrams and everything. Some famous people have manufacturing brands, like David Beckham is sponsored by a whiskey brand. Rita Ora has a gin company. Dwayne Johnson has a tequila brand. There's Vera Wang Vodka, Conor McGregor Whiskey, Marilyn Manson Absinthe, wow. and the Foo Fighters have their own lager. The list goes on. That's wild. I yeah. had no idea. Okay, so... We've got sport, music, film, every single sort of every media industry yes. of cool people yeah. is covered and have their own alcohol. That must have an impact. The stars you idolise holding bottles of booze on Instagram or rappers singing about whiskey in music videos and pop stars glamorising hipster gins. It's poured down the throats of children before they've even reached legal drinking age. No surprise that we all start boozing around 13, 14 when we've been subliminally doing it since we switched on the box. Young people nowadays are completely overexposed to a lot of alcohol ads. In fact, over 40,000 ads per year on social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook alone. That's an issue because alcohol advertising has been linked to young people starting to drink at earlier ages and to binge drinking. These ads often link alcohol with good feelings, friendships and success. This can be dangerous for young people as they may not get the full picture about all the risks. Popular social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat and Instagram have provided alcohol companies with new, cheaper ways to promote alcohol to young people. Nearly all Australian teenagers, 90% in fact, also see regular online ads which provide easy access to buy alcohol through a shop now button, often without requiring an age check. Is that right? Yep. What? I know. This is important to recognise. It's not just us sober adults that are getting triggered or influenced by TV. Kids are too. They don't know it yet, but all of those ads and their favourite characters on TV shows drinking are nudging them to reach for a drink when times get tough. Or just because it looks normal or cool. If my favourite YouTuber drinks, then what's wrong with it? That's the mindset. So how does seeing alcohol on TV make you feel, Vic? And you've mentioned... Some sock throwing. Yeah, I have a little pile of socks. Yeah. Well, generally, there's just socks around my house. In fact, probably, if you scan the room, Hamish, right now, I bet you there's a sock somewhere. Is this your like... excuse? So you don't have an untidy house. You just have ammunition for yeah. TV throwing. There's just Yeah, I don't okay. have a pile. There's just generally socks around. Yeah. So, yeah, I throw them at the TV. It makes me angry, disappointed, and slightly anxious when I see it on TV, just because I'm annoyed for everybody else. It doesn't trigger me because I'm so like, beyond that now. Mm-hmm. But it did in the beginning and it okay. used to piss me off. I'd just be like, oh God, here it is again. I'm trying to avoid this stuff and I can't. Also, when I see everyone and doing it on TV, it does make me feel a little bit isolated. So I'm like, well, I can't do that anymore. So therefore, there's something wrong with me. Right. That's the general consensus with that, isn't it? It's like, well, there's something wrong with someone that doesn't drink because look at us, we're all doing it. Mm-hmm. And it does make you feel like that sore thumb again. 
Um, I just want to enjoy a, f- a night in front of the telly with without having to see it sometimes. And I must tell you briefly, Hamish, I went to the dentist this week, which you'd think the dentist would be a safe place, wouldn't you, when alcohol is concerned? Sure. I laid back, had some bit of work done. The telly above me, they had the food channel on, and mm-hmm. it was a wine-tasting thing. So I'm laying, I can't tell them to change it because I've got all shit in my mouth. Yeah. And there it is, just wine for an hour. People pouring wine, people sipping wine. I was almost like nudging the dentist, going, can you fucking turn this off? This is annoying. (laughs) So yeah, people don't even think about it. There it is. And if you were really struggling with booze and you were at the dentist and you saw that, I can imagine you'd be pretty pissed off. Mm -hmm. Do you notice it, Aim? I don't get the anger that you get about it, Mm. which is maybe more a reflection of us coming at, at sobriety from different directions. I do feel like I notice it more than ever. Mm. And I'm shocked by how often I see it. And I'm shocked by what time it comes on. Yeah. Because I always assume, okay, if a booze ad comes on at 3pm on a Friday, I can understand why they put it there. Because that's when people are getting into, I want to have a drink mindset. But I'm seeing it at 11am. 11am, 10.30 it's on huge banners on motorways. I often see it, you know, yes. on a, on a highway. Whiskey ones, and yeah. And you see, or, or you know, like there's loads here. The big beer here is four X, and there's always jokes to do with, you know, like yeah. who gives a four X? Yes. Like, have a drink. I notice it a lot, and I'm shocked by how often it is on TV. I mm. didn't know the amount of celebrities that had brands of alcohol like you just mentioned. Mm. And I kind of feel like it's not a trigger for me, but it's... It's shocking almost. It, yeah, I think that's the word. It's yeah. like, I'm, I wasn't aware of how much I was seeing it until I gave up. One of the one of the places I've been seeing it a lot is on these cricket ads, like I mentioned. So mm. cricket starts at 11am. The first ad break is a, is a wine ad every time. And just to stay on sports for a second, so many sporting clubs and even our national teams have got drink sponsors if you watch the state of origin rugby here or the football world cup or the super bowl you actually can't avoid alcohol ads i guess i understand it as a fan like you often consume alcohol whilst watching sport but as an athlete it should play no part in your life Mm. like you know maybe that's harsh like yes athletes are allowed to let their hair down but for the most part it's not going to help your athletic performance so i imagine for some of them it must feel really uncomfortable to be so closely affiliated with an alcoholic brand. Yeah. If you're an athlete and you're pushing for being healthy and becoming an elite level of the sport. And kids looking up to you too. Yeah. What yeah. does it feel like to then have to go and do a wine advert? It's weird, isn't it? It's so weird. They're so, they don't run alongside each other, these two things, mm. but yet there they are. So what shows or films or other media have you found to trigger you more than others? Well, I had a look online to jolt my brain here as I can't usually remember what I watched last night, quite honestly. But I'm often hurling abuse at the TV from the couch. I watch lots of reality TV for the booze because mm-hmm. I'm fascinated with how it changes people on screen. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoy that. So things like Real Housewives... Rich American women transforming into street brawling sailors. I find that very funny. Below Deck, of course, I've mentioned that. The customers blacking out within an hour of entering this absolute paradise situation that they're never going to remember and they've spent 100 grand a night on or something stupid. All the police shows and alcoholic cops, they're always represented, aren't they? Yeah. I do watch too many music docos, always sad and sort of drug and booze stories. I like it when the programmes 
expose the drug and booze and show them for what they are, like the way Amy Winehouse yeah. one. There's a brilliant one with Little Peep. There's an amazing Louis Theroux one and all those intervention episodes. And actually, I love the Michael J. Fox one that was recently, which I didn't know he had a problem with alcohol, which he revealed on that. So some of those shows actually do the opposite. There are so many more shows where drinking is cool and fun yes. than when drinking is the problem. Yeah, and the only reason I watch those shows is because I'm really looking out for them because I'm interested in addiction, whereas mm-hmm. most people probably wouldn't watch those. <laughs> what do you watch, Hayne? Do you notice alcohol on TV and other media now you're sober? Without a doubt. Although I'm watching a lot of shows now, whether consciously or unconsciously, that accurately show alcohol is a bad thing. I don't know if I've gone seeking those. Yeah. Or it just seems that every show I watch now seems to have alcohol yeah. as like a main subject within it. The best one being Virtues with Stephen Graham. Brilliant, that was. That was the absolute best. He's done actually a lot of shows where he plays an alcoholic, I feel. Um, when it, that one was a chef. Oh, um, that is brilliant as well. Boiling point. That's one of, that is one shot. There yeah, is no yeah, edit yeah. in that. That is Love one it. of the best things I've ever seen. Love Stephen Graham. Please come on our podcast. He's sober. He's sober as well. We're going to go for him. Oh, we'll do that this afternoon, Hamish. We're going okay. to email him. I think from a TV and film point of view, we're perhaps getting closer to the mark. But advertising is still complete overkill. Sure. I, I kind of thought maybe TV industry people have got their heads together and gone, right, this is something we need to talk about. Mm. But there's no way of controlling the adverts. You're just everywhere. It's wildfire. So, Vic, when you watch a show about an alcoholic struggling, like a TV show, do you find it inspiring, triggering or upsetting? I suppose it depends what it is. I do find it inspiring if there's a happy ending, but I think it's really important to show all the negative outcomes here, like we just said. The media need to show the truth more, the downside, not homeless people around fires under bridges Mm -hmm. and, you know, the classic forms, the cliche representations of alcoholism. They need to show families that are dealing with an alcoholic parent or partners trying to save their loved one's lives. They need to show the fight and rehab. But I guess it's just not what people want to see. But do you feel like it's only because of where you are in your sobriety that you want to see that show? Do you think, you know, in, in the first week say if you were white knuckling it watching a show like Virtues or Boiling Point would be like a trigger it'd be too close to the bone you go nah this is going to drive me back because it's just someone drinking and drinking and drinking or being consumed the thought of drinking over and over again I think perhaps Hamish what we're saying here is this is going to change throughout your sobriety yeah. at the beginning you're not going to watch want to watch anything mm-hmm. about booze or any booze represented in any form but mm-hmm. as you go further along the line a couple of years in you might start to want to absorb something that is going to educate you about alcohol or show you what it used to be like and make you feel like how far you've come and things like that so it really depends on the person watching i think mm-hmm. here's what the couple community members say about alcohol in the media so we asked them yeah. what shows it comes up the most in that yeah. was the question. Okay. there were so many answers to this a lot of answers yeah. okay so how i met your mother which is i think probably a third of that show is based in a pub right yellowstone eastenders mad men the fall most cop shows like you yeah. said downton abbey i really think most period dramas, period dramas yeah. yeah most period dramas Gogglebox, Sex in the City for sure, Mount Pleasant, The Secret Life of Us. Basically, there's a million answers and there I just a, told you about that. There 10. was a million and all reality TV shows. Even The Simpsons, like you said. Even Simpsons The Simpsons. Is a cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Drinking memes was the other one, popping up on Facebook and Insta feeds, the mummy wine culture, for example. That is media showing you that it's okay. Even if you're scrolling through there, it will affect you. A couple member called David said that ads between shows that his kids are watching have got alcohol in them. Victoria S said it's not triggers. She feels it's jealousy. 
why can't they stop at one? Why can't she stop at one? It makes her think that she can start drinking again, basically. Oh, okay. the, why can these glamorous women on the TV do it and she can't? Mm-hmm. So it almost makes her consider moderation there. That's the issue, I guess. Another one in TV is there's always fantastically attractive people. Isn't yes. it? Yeah. You know, actually, if you have an issue of drinking, you're definitely not looking your best. You're not fitting into the dress that that girl in no. Sex and the City is fitting into. You're not smiling and surfing like the cool guy on a camping no. trip in an ad is. But they make alcohol look like they're handling it. Yeah. And of course, they're just showing the star. Whereas, of course, we know, well, we've got good faces for radio, you and I. Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> we would never be broadcast nah. on television at prime time. We, we don't could, want to put people play, off their dinner. We could play the part of the hungover person. Yeah. We could play the part of someone that looks a bit drawn, a bit grey, <laughs> yeah. a bit, a bit, a bit just beaten up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's our role. That's our niche. We'll get typecast for that. But she's right, Victoria, there. It's funny how we see that that person who's all dressed up and dolled up and had their been in makeup for hours and mm-hmm. hours. And we're like, why can they do it and I can't? And it's a really horrible feeling. It's really uncomfortable, yeah. isn't it? People are also very aware of shows where the alcohol forces the people to misbehave to make better TV. So I guess this is really reality TV. Here we've got Married at First Sight, which I actually worked on for years. Um, there's X on the Beach. They, you know, they basically, they plough the contestants with alcohol and then they start acting like loonies, which is awful, but also brilliant to watch as an audience member. Yeah. And that, that sells the show. But imagine the anxiety for those people that have filmed like that in that state in a blackout and broadcast globally I mean my blackouts were bad enough to wake up and not knowing what you've done and that was probably in the 90s when they were really bad and at least nobody really had any phones imagine being on national television waking up having been in a blackout and not knowing what you've done and then it being broadcast awful well Millie McIntosh talked about that in our chat she said you know there is a photo of me online which will never go anywhere Mm. which was me at my absolute worst oh isn't it awful it's me really yeah. shouldn't be allowed yeah. yeah and Anita said I hate it when news articles say red wine is good for you so we're talking about newspapers here as well there's always an article in the telegraph or on the bloody courier mail saying one red wine yeah. is good for you Hooray. I just read a book when it said that and yeah. I, I loved the book so I'm like do I write to the author and say you wouldn't mind just showing me the yeah. article that gave you the impression that drinking red wine every day is good for you but I'm, yeah. I love the book I Am I that guy now that writes to authors? Yes, yeah. He probably wrote that book 10 years ago and I'm going to contact him like, oh. On the menopause episode, we spoke to the doctor, Sally, and she said the amount of red wine you'd have to drink is gallons and gallons to get the amount of tannin, I think it it is, for it to have any positive effect. So the amount of booze that you'd have to drink would make you so ill that, of course, you wouldn't get any of the good side effects. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's actually not true that red wine is good for you. So why do us sober people sometimes feel triggered? Well, it's like we just said, it tricks us and forces us to question our choice to be sober. It normalises it, makes it look elegant and sophisticated. It zaps our old drinking brains into believing what we see. One won't hurt. Everybody does it. There's nothing wrong with me. I can just have a couple. Alcohol constantly being paraded in front of us is so unfair. It backs sober people into a corner and makes us feel like the only way out is to join the party. I think one of the worst examples of TV shows influencing behaviours are drinking games that revolve around TV shows. Yeah. You aware of these? Yeah. Yeah. Can I actually, before I get into this, did you actively watch less TV in the first few months after giving up because it's unavoidable? No, I watched more TV because I was home more. That's it, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people will. You stay in more. You don't want to be out in a pub or club because it's that's a trigger. You're probably watching TV because we all like to think we stay at home and read books, but yeah. let's face it, 
TV's on. <laughs> yeah, that pile of books unread by my bed is no. proof. And then it's unavoidable. Unless mm. I guess you purely strict to streaming shows and you're very picky about which ones you watch. Which is, which is bloody hard. And it depends exactly. It depends how fierce you are in your sobriety and how strong and how confident you are with it. Because if you break easily, don't switch the TV yeah. on, I think, isn't it? So do we need to talk about some of these drinking games in TV shows? Yeah, I didn't know this was really a thing. I but knew I did, one or two. Did you? Yeah. This is media sway to the extreme. So don't try any of these at home. Well, is it me? Who, who invented these games? I don't know, some teenager you probably. Yeah, some probably fat, teenager. fat boy. It would be, ins- if, that, if this is an alcohol company inventing these games, then that is nuts. I no, reckon it's, it's a fat It's boy. weird people like us. Yeah, probably is. <laughs> okay, go on. It's probably my parents, actually. My parents are sort of people that would have, they would probably know a lot of drinking oh, games. We should have asked them. Yeah, we should have asked them. It's very not, them on. not on brand for us to get your parents in and talk about great drinking games. <laughs> yes, not on invented. brand at all. There's one to friends which you had to drink when Chandler was being sarcastic okay so yeah. that would be like every other sure, minute yeah. there's one on the office when someone looks directly at the camera you have yeah. to take a swig there's even a drinking game for spongebob what yes okay that's bad you must down everyone else's drinks when spongebob cries that's pretty fucked up i know so your kid is watching the show in front of you and you're drinking behind them i don't know that is so fucked up and game of thrones you have to drink when a character drinks and then you have to down all your drinks when someone dies. And someone dies oh, like every constantly. two minutes. Yeah, there's never one person dying. It's usually yeah. a, a, like a complete slaughter. That's insane. The one that I knew of was there's a TV show in England called Gillette Soccer Saturday. Yeah. Um, which is basically on Saturdays, there's a few people in the studio and they're, they're effectively watching every game of football at the same time and giving you updates. Like, oh, we're going to go to Nottingham. Oh, okay, cool. And, but, and there's transcript at the bottom coming up you know it's been a goal at this game it's been a red card and you know you have to drink if there's a goal or you have to drink something if it's a yellow card or drink something if it's a red card and drink something if the presenter screams this word what time is that program on all day Saturday afternoon, probably from 3pm. Most right. of the games kick off, 3pm right. till 5 or 6pm. So that would be some people's routine. Yeah. So if you're giving up alcohol and that is the routine that your mates have, that is going to be really hard, isn't it? Yeah. It's all these traditions combined, isn't it? adults play these games. Like That is the sort of thing I would have played in my teenage years, maybe early 20s at uni. I don't know if people meet up in their 30s and, and well, do that. Well, they write might. to us if you do. We'd like to know. So I guess the question is, why does all media glamorise alcohol use? Pretty boring, obvious answer. Money. Money, of course. So big alcohol companies advertise it and normalise it so that people think it's fun. And if we really want to dig into the nitty gritty here, the truth is they're selling a huge lie. So some big dogs can make billions of bucks. Just 15 companies account for half the entire value of global alcohol sales. Um, this is this yeah, is, is a stitch up. So Vic has made me say this bit because the the company of the, one of these is Anheuser Busch Imbev. That's right. That sounds is good. It, is yeah. it German? German, I think. Okay. Yeah. So they account for fifteen percent. These big companies are getting richer, and us, the consumers, the ones soaked in their advertising, are getting sicker and poorer. Yeah, it's pretty mental, this, Hamish. It's like a massive legal drug cartel, isn't it? Alcohol is a legal drug, one that seems enticing at first and then will leave you wanting more. Like any other drug, the dealers want you to get hooked so you buy more. They spend more money making it look pretty. They add flavourings to make it palatable. 
They pay your favourite stars to drink it and they spend millions on social media advertising and film promotions showing you how goddamn amazing it is. The whole system makes me angry, actually, and the government don't really do anything about it because they make a squillion dollars every year from taxing it. They are the El Chapos of the booze world. There should be more restrictions on advertising this drug everywhere we look. Who's Tom Holland? Oh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so basically, this is what I wanted to add here. Like, we're, we're making it all sound really awful, but Tom Holland did come out as being sober on Instagram this week. Did he? And he was on a podcast, and it was all over the media. So actually, for a week, it's just been about sobriety. Okay. Which has been a complete opposite. It's funny that we're doing it this week, this episode, because everything turned around this week. So it does give me hope. It does. It takes individuals, like high profile individuals who people love, like the main guy from Spider-Man, yeah. to shout and scream about it, to, to sway some of the narrative for a week. Yes. But next week it'll probably be forgotten and it'll be more It's like handsome. a tide. The tide was out there for yeah. a week and yeah. it was very nice, but it will very, very soon come mm-hmm. back in. So what do you think needs to change? So I'm not so naive to think that the advertising of alcohol is ever going to go away. Mm. In fact, probably it's never even going to change. And that might sound cynical, but I just think it's like a freight train that we cannot get away from. I do feel as if it's all getting too much. There should be some regulations around it. I'm not sure if there are already, but there doesn't seem to be. I would love to see a way of limiting times of the ads to at least evenings or yeah. when children are less likely to be watching definitely not on children's shows in england it used to be after 9 p.m the Did booze it? ads really? I, when i was growing up i'm not sure whether that's changed in the uk but i know smoking was banned it used to be on television in the early yes. 80s i remember the silk cut ads and things like that and in magazines but then i remember booze was always after nine o'clock so this is my point i think alcohol can learn a lot from the smoking industry yes that kind of rule you know we don't see cigarette ads anymore or even when you go to a news agents to buy them it's huge warning signs they're yeah. not visit you know you can't visibly see them i think maybe that's where we need to start moving towards i don't know if it will happen i i, I don't know if changes will ever be made but at least let's let's have huge warning signs before every ad yeah. or like a little bit showing the other side of the coin they're never going to show someone hungover mm. after a great ad of people partying but yeah. something yeah. some in text some sort of yeah. like warning you know we talked about gambling like gambling responsibly that's not enough it's to not say enough. gamble responsibly is nowhere near enough in the same way like drink responsibly mm. is not Yes, no one remembers that bit of the ad. It's not helpful. One thing that really shook my son George in his boots was when we were in Thailand, when he saw the black lungs and the people with, what they call those things yeah. you put in the throats when you have throat cancer? Tracheotromies. On the front of the cigarette packets. Mm. The pictures in Thailand that they put right on the packet yeah, yeah. are absolutely awful of people really poorly. Sometimes dead bodies they yeah. put on there. And people are still buying the cigarettes. But George was like, is that what happens when you smoke? I was like, yes, it is. And that's mm. why you never buy them. So I know it's harsh. They'd never do that to a nice bottle of Beaujolais, no. would they? <laughs> But yeah, things do need to change. But what can we do? Yeah, what do you what do you feel like needs to happen? 
Well, when it comes to the kids, the best thing you can do is have a conversation with your young person. Make them aware of how social media advertising may affect their attitude towards drinking and call out the ways the alcohol industry advertises them. You can use media stories, social media posts or themes from TV shows as conversation prompts. That's probably a really good idea. Um, As for people that are struggling and trying to give up, there are a few ways you can stop the relentless barrage. Okay, so you can reduce exposure to paid ads. You can change your advertising settings on Facebook or Instagram. You'd have to Google how to do that because Vic and I are not very techie. But there is a way of reducing those paid ads. Yeah, so I think it affects the algorithm. You can change the algorithm. So if you've liked alcohol ads in the past or posts or mummy memes, they they will keep popping up and you can change that algorithm. This is what you can do to help yourself, basically. You can report inappropriate content on social media you'll love doing that Hamish for TV shows sadly you're just gonna have to switch it off if it's got alcohol or free drinks if it's causing you know any kind of triggering for you turn it off find a new show to like watch the Muppets watch Willy Wonka watch a lot of Disney really um, and avoid reality TV if you can yeah I watch the Muppets but I I think the two guys in the Muppets that sit up in the auditorium mm. I think they have a drink do they I vaguely remember yeah I'm gonna have to check that <laughs> Wouldn't that be odd? Here we go. You're going to love this one, Hamish. Make an official complaint. I'm just not there. I'm not there. (laughs) You're happy with being that person. I mean, if it was really bad, I probably would. You write to the BBC or whatever it is. Well, you can. Here you go. You can, if you see an ad or a promotion for an alcohol brand, which you believe violates an advertising code, you can make an official complaint to the ABAC, which is the Responsible Alcohol Marketing Code. So there is such a thing that exists, which is good. And the alcohol advertising review board which is the AARB I want to read what they say is yeah. okay yeah because they that would be a fascinating read what the hell do the ab- alcohol advertising review board say counts as an alright ad and doesn't count as an alright yeah, ad yeah we'll have to have a look it can't they have to have pretty strict guidelines I'm sure any alcohol is going to be bad 83% of movies contain alcohol use, so it's hard to watch anything without it in it. Try to use it as a reminder of why you don't drink. Okay. And like I said, just watch a lot of Lion King. Lion King, Already yeah. just all animal shows. Yeah, but then David all, Attenborough. But all the Disney ones, a parent dies. So the, you don't. it's either you're watching booze or a parent dying. It's never good Disney. Uh, there is a lot of death, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of Actually, death. Actually, every David Attenborough show has got death. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you watch the recent one? No. I, <sighs> I don't know, because I, I watched them and I find myself supporting the one who's not the predator yeah then you go, well if the predator doesn't kill that one then it will die because it can't feed its family so it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster it is yeah. my kids are like mummy why are we watching this that lion's just killed that lovely yeah. deer and i'm like circle of life kids <laughs> freddie's crying watch it yeah. turn around circle of life <laughs> Oh, so take the opportunity to remember how punk you are by not doing this act that everyone else is doing. You can see it on TV, but just to think about how brilliant you are for not doing it. Remember the bigger picture. You're fighting a bigger fight now, a fight against the big invisible corporate swines. So be proud and don't give in to the bullshit. Or... There's another option, isn't there, Hamish? Yeah, just switch off. Switch off. Turn your phone off. Yep. Throw the TV out of a window. I'll oh, just turn it off, I guess, maybe. Uh, run to the hills and live in a treehouse. Or make friends with a badger and drink from a stream with no pants on. Yes, I'm in for that. Yeah, you did that for years. Yeah, I did, I did actually. I lived in France with a badger. 
named Steve. Pierre. <laughs> Pierre Popo. <laughs> it's always an option. Whatever you do, keep marching and banging the sober drum because the more people that do, the louder our message will be and eventually someone will listen. I think our message on this podcast is not always going to be stop watching TV because when you don't go out that much to pubs anymore, a good crime series is a great way to chillax at home and us sober people love a cosy couch time with a cup of tea and a cup of choppy bit. With a cup of tea and a cup of chocolate biscuits. <laughs> cup of tea and a couple of chocolate biscuits. That's my Saturday night. Yeah. Do, you want a, do you want to come over tonight for a cup of tea and a couple of chocolate biscuits? <laughs> Oh, come take a cup of chocolate I'll be right there. Come take a cup of biscuits. Oh, that sounds lovely. Sounds lovely. <laughs> what I meant was a cup of tea and some chocolate biscuits. Yeah, but it's oh, no way near as fun to say it like that. Ah, <sighs> <sighs> what we're saying is when you see it, which you will, instead of being annoyed, just remember how bloody brilliant you are that you no longer give in to the media normalisation. Give yourself a pat on the back and an extra lint ball and a chocolate. <laughs> um, I was trying to look for a quote here. Uh, I was going for famous movie quotes because I thought that would be quite relevant. Yeah. But unsurprisingly, the only ones I could find were from big drinkers, film stars and actors that had booze issues. Okay. Rather than focus on ones that glorify drinking, let's instead try and take some words of warning from a very experienced drinker like Ernest Hemingway. Yes. I think we've done an Ernest Hemingway one before. I think so. We Go on. regularly quote this famous drunkard. Yeah. Okay, so he said, always do sober what you said you do drunk. That will teach you to keep your mouth shut. Oh, yeah, that's a good that one. That is a good one. Yeah. Um, the disappointing affirmation for this week is stop worrying about what other people think. I mean, have you met other people? They're awful. Yeah. I love that one. <laughs> well, that, when I read that, I was like, I feel like you could have written that one. Yeah, was, I could have done you yeah, have that's to true. Read that. Yeah. What are you going to watch tonight, Hayne? What are you going off to do now? Lassie? Oh, yeah. Lassie, yeah. I mean, animal shows. And Lassie, there's no, there's no death in Lassie, is there? No, I think Lassie's pretty safe. Although Lassie was a massive pisshead, Hamish. Lassie was? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's always down the pub with his mates. How with La- Rover. Mind you, how did the Lassie show end? Did Lassie die? Or was the series just still ongoing? It's still ongoing, Lassie's yeah. Been he's up on the ridge. Why was Lassie always up on the ridge? Hey, he's up on the ridge. <laughs> hey, Tommy, Lassie's up on the ridge. <laughs> Get him down from the ridge. Yeah. Was he always on the ridge? He's always on the ridge. <laughs> I tell you, that was my memory of Lassie. Lassie, down from the ridge. <laughs> Where's the ridge? I don't know. I, actually do. I think I actually might watch an episode of Lassie today. Yeah, I'll it's show been a you. Long time since I've watched Lassie. Okay, we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch one, and we're gonna point out. I bet you anything. He says, "Hey, get down from the ridge." <laughs> it sounds like another drinking game. Every time Lassie's on the ridge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good one. Oh, thanks for listening, everybody. If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. fix has got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it, and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it?
Hi there. I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I think every single one of you will benefit from. It's called Therapy Works and it's hosted by me, Julia Samuel. I'm a best-selling author and psychotherapist. I invite you into my therapy room where I speak to either a known or unknown guest. Topics range from the difficulties of divorce, a life-changing illness, to the struggles of motherhood. Search Therapy Works now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck-uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are, there, are there bad bookstores? No, probably ones with moody, moody sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay, yeah, good, yeah. Good. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. Yeah. You can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audiobook will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry, and cringe, and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. Yeah. From an emotional point of view, seriously, it wobbled my teeny-weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. (laughs) My teeny little wooden heart. His his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Buy it. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another five. Yeah, buy another one. Yeah. (laughs) 